Hey, it's so good to welcome you to Fields Church Online, and we are so pleased that you've tuned in for this message. No matter what's going on in your world right now, we pray that you come away feeling encouraged by this message. I don't know how we can really follow that from uh, Kyle, very, you know, just from his heart and the people that have shared this morning from their hearts. You know, that's why we have church. It's not just meeting on a Sunday, it's meeting outside of Sunday. And it's meeting with friends and praying with friends. And I think when we come to church, I, like Kyle said, to be expectant. To be expectant to, to, when you see someone who's going through a hard time, sometimes you can see it on their face. Sometimes I'll ask someone, say, how are you? They say, yeah, fine. I think, no, how are you really? Because sometimes there's things within that people are carrying that they don't need to carry. And we're here to share one another's burdens. I think James 5 talks about that, doesn't it? Right at the very end. Share one another's burdens. Confess your sin so that you may be healed. And we're, here for, we're meant to be here for each other. We're all part of the body. And God values each part. Regardless of what part you play in the church. God values you so much. He loves you so much. Wow. I feel humbled. Really humbled. Can we just pray? Let's pray and then we'll get into the message this morning got a lot to share. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that we can come just as we are, even broken, hurting, and in pain. And Lord, you are full of mercy. Your mercy is on you every day. Thank you, Father, that you are a Heavenly Father who loves us so much. You loved us so much, you demonstrated that love by sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me, for us for the whole world. And Father, we thank you for your church. Thank you for friends. Thank you, church's family, like Mark said. Thank you for this church family. I think we're just so blessed to have so many wonderful people in our fellowship. I meet with other pastors, and we run a life group on a Friday, and there's some guys that come from another church, and you can sense that they're a little discouraged because their church was a big church and it's now gone down to just a few people. And they need encouraging. So, Father, let us be the encouragers for one another. Your, your word says that we're to encourage one another daily. Let's get into the habit of that. When we, we see an empty chair and Fred's not here, let's phone Fred and say, how are you doing? You're on my heart. I didn't see you in church. Are you doing Okay. Father, thank you for your word. It just brings life. And I thank you for every ear to be open this morning to hear what the Spirit would say to your church today in Jesus' name. Amen. If you love the Lord, you say amen. Before I go continue with the message on the authority of the believer, um, I wanted to share an initiative with you. Who remembers our four values? Anyone remember the four values that the church has? Just shout them out. The people stand at the door, what do they do? Welcome. The guys that stand up here, what do they do? And we do worship as well, don't we? What's the other one? Word. And the last one? Witness. Yeah. I was praying last year about this fourth value of witness. And I thought, how can we be better witnesses in our church and in, in our world and in our lives when we leave here on a Sunday? How can we better be better witnesses outside of the church? And I just thought about that, that Jesus said we're to go into all the world, didn't he? He said go into all the world like Kesgrave, Ipswich, Woodbridge and everywhere else and preach the gospel. Is that what he said? 
Not quite that. Jesus said to his disciples this. See, there's there's your four values. Welcome, worship, word, and witness. Jesus said this in Acts 1, 8, amplified. It says, but you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses to tell people about me, both in Kesgrave, is that what it says? Grange Farm, Ipswich, and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. Yeah, that word witness in the Greek there is the word martyr. Those early disciples died for their faith. Now, Jesus isn't expecting us to die for our faith, but he's expecting us, I believe, to be witnesses. You might say, well, pastor, I'm not an evangelist, so I don't know how to witness to people. Can you love people? Can you care for them? Like Kyle, I just went up to him and just gave him a big hug. Didn't need to say much, just give him a hug. Can we do that? Is that being the gospel? Being disciples, is that good? You don't have to know the whole Bible to be a disciple of Jesus, to love and care for people. So this word witness in this verse means martyr. What did Jesus say? The great, what, did it, what is it? The great commission. Matthew 28, 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Help the people to learn of me, believe in me, and obey my words, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So one of the areas I'd like to focus on, us to focus on this year, is having more fellowship. Like Mark said, a lot of people don't have, we don't have a lot of time, do we? I can see that in our leaders, in our, in our elder, in our trustees, in the people in our fellowship. People just don't have a lot of time. And I thought, as I was praying, that what we could do, we, we normally run life groups for four weeks of the month, if it's a four-week month. And we're thinking of having interest groups the last week of the month, so the fourth week of the month, having interest group groups. Who likes, and we haven't done this for a while, who likes petrol heads? Yay! See, the girls do it better, don't they? You say kaleidoscope, and they just go wild. Maybe we're a bit more sedate and a bit more... Yeah, what about uh, those who play football? Is, is Lewis here this morning? No, he's not. He was going to share something about football. Football. Who plays football? No one. They do. They do. Afo does. And where's... Um, yeah, yeah, Quinn does. And Derek. Where's Derek? Oh, he's right at the back there. They play football. What about the, the men's valor? When was the last time we actually got together as men to pray together, to fellowship? Need another curry, that's it. Are you cooking? And what about kaleidoscope? They do it so well. What about an art class? Who does art? Oh, there's some. Look at this. What about golf? Let's hear it for the golfers. Four. Is that it? We've got loads of golfers and they say, oh, I'd love to play golf with some guys, but I don't know if we've got the time to do it. So I've got them up there, look. Petrol heads. I love that. Sitting in a shed with dirty old motorbikes and cars with a mug of tea and some chips. Is that right, Steve? Talking a load of rubbish. Don't have to talk about Jesus. And in the petrol heads, we had, in one particular shed, we had about 10 or 12 guys. Most of them weren't Christians. When do we get the chance to spend time with non-Christians? I get very little time to do that in my world. Well, what about you? What about a games night? Who likes games? Not me. Oh, I'm not a gamer. I don't like it. I did all that was a kid. 
And people were so competitive, I thought, I just don't like games. But if that's, that's okay. Don't judge me for that. Is that all right? Who likes crafts? How many like walking? Oh, look at all the walkers. That's great. Who likes baking? Who likes baking for their pasta? What about cycling? Oh, well, only one or two cyclists. What? Oh, Chris isn't here. What about motorcyclists? Oh, come on. That's it, Ian. There's two of us this morning. Or even a Bible study. So this is what we're thinking. We've got a leaders meeting tomorrow night. We're going to discuss this a little bit more. So we'll have three weeks of life group. And then you've got the whole week, that fourth week, where you've got no life group to go to, where you could go to one of these things. And if you're passionate about something, let's say it's golf, and you want to start something during that week on a Wednesday night or Thursday night, you can go to the driving range, have a coffee afterwards and a chat. How good would that be? And then you can invite your friends, family, your unsafe friends and family. That's what it's about, having a game of golf. That's great. We can come and even do some, you can do some plowing lessons, Andrew. Who'd like that? I know Angela would. First time he said we're going to do this on the farm. And he said, I will. I'm coming. That would be good fun, wouldn't it? And it would give us the time and the space to breathe. We just have no space to breathe, do we? In our world, in our week, because we're so busy. Okay, so that's what we'd like to do. So if you're passionate about some of these things, come and speak to us, and then we can get these groups going. I know it's going to take some organization and stuff, but um, I, think we'd, I think it would be a good idea to do this, to give us a little bit of space and meet people that we don't necessarily meet with and fellowship with, to maybe draw them into things. Would that be okay? Yeah. Is that okay? Brilliant. Okay, back to our subject, the, the authority of the believer. Let's have a look at this. Let's just recap a little bit. This is such a big subject. And I think it's one of the most important subjects that we could look at in our Christian life. The authority of the believer. What does that actually mean? What is authority? We need to define authority. What does that mean? Where does authority come from? Who has authority? You might think, well, well God has authority. Do I really need it? Why we have authority. The importance of submitting to authority. Who likes that word submit? One person. Two brave people. No one likes the word submit, do they? What about authority? Who likes authority figures? As a young man, I hated authority. It was just, that was, that was just in me. I, I rebelled against authority. Didn't like it. Didn't want people telling me what to do. And then the authority of the believer. Let's define Authority. The dictionary says this, the power or right to give orders. Who likes giving people orders? Bossy lot. Look, you see the ones with their hands up? They're a bossy lot. It means the power or right to give orders. Make decisions and enforce obedience. Like I said, I believe this is one of the most important and neglected things in our churches, talking about the authority of the believer. You know the devil wants to discourage us? He wants to keep us bound. He wants to see us sick. He wants to keep us contained, keep us depressed, keep us inactive. Is that right? He's come to kill, steal and destroy. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. Strong Christians, strong churches. And I was thinking about this morning as I got up to pray. And I felt a little alarmed about the, the, the church. And I thought, I wonder how many churches that have started and now don't exist anymore. Then I read there were about 500 churches. I looked at, it, looked at it on Google. 
Um, 500 churches in Ipswich, I, I stand under correction, and they're saying between 20 and 25 churches are closing every week. How sad is that? I drive, we, Esther and I go out for drives mostly on a Sunday or a Tuesday, a Saturday and a Tuesday, and I go past these magnificent buildings that once, you know, they were full of people. And you drive past them, and there's very few people in a lot of these rural churches. It's just sad. And what about the old Wesleyan chapels? There's loads of those in almost every village, and I drive past them, and they're either closed or they've been made into a home. That is really sad. That's a sad statistic. And I thought, gee, you know, Jesus loves his church, and he's coming back for a glorious bride. Tell your neighbor, you are a glorious bride. I know that's funny saying that to a guy, but... You know, Paul, if you look at the letters of Paul, he writes his letters to encourage churches. How many churches need encouragement? Really? Does this one need encouragement? Do we all need encouraging? Come on, you're a great bunch. Is that encouraging? Tell your neighbor you're a great bunch. Say say you're a great pastor and I'll bring you a cake later on. (laughs) He planted some of those churches and he would write to them to encourage them, but also to challenge them as well, because times were dark back then. And he would talk about and challenge them about false preachers and their churches to break them up. And it's similar today, isn't it? We need to keep going. When Paul wrote those letters, he encouraged them to keep growing like the like the Thessalonian church he wrote to them and spoke about their faith I'm so glad to hear that your faith is strong Timothy's come back and he's all excited he would send people to the churches to encourage them amen do we need that it's the same for churches today there's a lot of darkness out there and things are getting darker but let's not keep our eyes on those dark things let's keep our eyes on Jesus do you think God knows what he's doing you think God's just out of control? The world's just going to go, well, it will, wouldn't it, eventually? In Matthew 24, it says, these are, the, these are the signs like birth pains. These things that are happening in our world today. And we need to pray for peace. Come together. We're going to have some prayer and fasting between the 14th of... Uh, I'm sorry for all those who are going to have a meal on the 14th. You don't have to not have that meal. That's okay. So please don't get upset with me. We're trying to align ourselves with what Ipswich in prayer are doing and what prayer 24-7 are doing. Not just in the country, but the nations. 24-7 are having prayer everywhere. So we're going to align ourselves with them and we're going to begin to fast and pray. And I'll share next week a little bit about fasting before I carry on with my message. Because it's really important. It's a great discipline to have, isn't it? Why is that? We can draw closer to God, can't we? Hey? And not, you know fill ourselves with stuff. When we understand, just think more about what God, is, God wants to do in the earth. Okay. So when we understand authority and its role in our lives, I believe that it will strengthen our faith. It'll help us to grow and develop. Who wants to grow and develop as a Christian? I want to develop and grow as a Christian, as old as I am. It'll enable us to stand strong in these days when they're really dark. That's why we need each other. Tell your neighbor, I need you. Tell your neighbor the other side, I need you. You know, when we face challenges in life, how many of us face challenges? Every one of us, every single day, regardless of what's going on, we face challenges in life. And we can learn to stand strong despite those challenges if we learn about having the authority that Christ gives us as believers. Amen? 
So I know this is hard because in our Western culture, people don't like submitting to authority. They don't, but God's placed authorities in our lives. Why do you think he's done that? Really for our safety, for our benefit, for our protection. Right, let's have a look at this. Let's go down to, we're going to start with Romans 13 verse 1. If you've got your Bibles or you're taking notes, good to bring your Bible to church. Or if you're taking notes, take notes, that's good. So our Christian walk isn't about just observing rules. I don't like rules either, so there we go. And I don't believe we can have authority. And we're trying. I don't believe we can have authority unless we are submitted over to authority. And we'll try and clarify that as we go on. Okay, has God placed any authorities over our lives? Let's, let's take this section here. What, any authorities over our lives that God's placed in? Just shout them out for me. I know that's a trick question. This side, in the middle here? Your boss. Oh, that's great. Over this side? Parents. Parents, that's great. Anyone else? Government. Yeah, that's great. Although we don't like the government sometimes, do we? Your boss. The police. Anyone think about the police? Who don't, don't like policemen? You love policemen. You what? Say again. Your nephew's a policeman. You need to respect the police. Is that right? The Bible talks about lawlessness will abound in the end times. Is lawlessness abounding? What is happening on our streets, in our neighborhoods? That's why the church needs to be in all these neighborhoods, to show Jesus to them. Sickening, isn't it? Shocking. What are we doing about it? Let's see what God's word says about this. Romans 13 verse 1. And this is the Apostle Paul writing. Everyone must submit. Everyone say everyone. Everyone Everyone must submit to governing authorities for, what does it say? All authorities, all all those in in positions of authority have been placed there by God. All those in positions of authority have been placed there by people that are not Christian. So who is subject to the governing authorities in our lives? Is that only for people that are not Christians? Does that include Christians? Includes everybody, doesn't it? So... We can see that all authorities exist and come from God. What happens if we rebel against these authorities? What do you think is going to happen? Let's have a look at this. Uh, So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and they will be punished. I don't like that word punished. So the New King James says this. It says, (laughs) (laughs) I've been stopped by the police a few times. What about you? No one. You're more holier than I am. That's fantastic. (laughs) Therefore, whoever resists the authority, resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. So how many rebels do we have in the house today, apart from me? Anyone else? (laughs) Oh. You know, people are pointing at someone else. I mean, come on. I know you're a rebel as well. Don't give me that, holy one. So if we rebel against the authorities that God has placed in our lives, we bring judgment on ourselves. Who wants to bring judgment on themselves? I don't want judgment. So what about the police? What are the consequences if you get stopped by the police? What if you get stopped speeding? I'm not looking anywhere over there. What if you get stopped speeding? What do you do? Like I said the other week, I got stopped for speeding, and I thought, 30 and 30, that's 60. You do. Yeah, 30, this side 30, that's 60, isn't it? 
So if you get stopped for speeding, what should you do? <laughs> what? Drive away? <laughs> oh, cry. Do you think the policeman's going to think, oh, she's crying, I'm not going to give her a ticket? Do you deserve a ticket? You do. Come on, you just broke the law. Aren't you glad we got policemen? Come on, let's think about this for a minute. There'd be anarchy if we didn't have policemen. Is that right? Yeah. And you know, if you argue with the policeman and start giving him a load of grief, they'll give you a nice pair of bracelets that you can wear and they might find you alternative accommodation for the night. How should you deal with it? If you're going 60 and a 30, you're going to get punished, aren't you? Don't do 60 and a 30. You know, you're driving down the road and the car lifts up like that when you accelerate. Why does it lift up like that? It does, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? Really, if you accelerate, the car lifts up. Why does that do that? The angels are jumping off the front. <laughs> that is true. I know, because God told me. Right, verse 3. Say this is a good message. Say I need this message. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right. Like I say, I get to 30 very, especially when I'm on my bike, I get to 30 very quickly. And I stick to the speed limit. I don't want to fine. How many have had points on your license? Horrible, isn't it? As a young man, I put plenty of points on my license. Never got banned from driving, but there you go. For the authorities do not strike fear in the people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Do what is right, and they will honor you. Verse 4. Look at this. The authorities are God's servants. Look at that. Sent for your good. But if you are doing wrong, of course, you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants, sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. Verse 5. Look at that. Look at verse 5. So you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right and you will be commended. We all know we're doing wrong, whether we're Christians or not, because we have a what? We have a conscience, don't we? And you know, before you were a believer, before I was a believer, I have a conscience and I do wrong, I know. I'm going to steal something, I'm going to look around, make sure no one's looking before I steal. You know, don't you, inside your heart. It's to keep our consciences clear from these things. I was going to ask the question, who, who does speed? I'm not looking at anyone, I won't judge anyone, even if you put your hand up. Do we all do it? Do you? Really? I'll tell a policeman about you. <laughs> Tim, how should you respond if you do get stopped by a policeman? Do you argue with him or her? What do you do? Yet you apologize, say, I'm really sorry. Then you start crying like, <laughs> like Lydia said, and hopefully they're going to have, oh, I'm on my way. Guilty, just give me the... <laughs> Don't tell lies, just say, guilty, guilty, just give me the ticket, that's fine. Thank you, officer, you're doing your job. Thank you for the ticket. Without being sarcastic like that. None of you are going to like this, are you? Look at this. Look, pay your taxes too. Hey? For these same reasons, for government workers need to be paid. They are what? What are they doing? Serving God in what they do. 
Give to everyone that what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them and give. What? Respect and honor to those in authority. It's very sobering, isn't it? The next verse. This is also why you pay taxes for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. You know, someone told me once that the third of the angels that fell all work in the tax office. Don't know how true that is. I don't think that's true. I think that's rather harsh. So what other authorities has God placed in our lives? I, I like paying my taxes because we get, well, I don't know, we've got a lot of potholes, don't, haven't we? But that's why we pay our taxes, is that right? So we can afford the police and councils and everything else. So what other authorities are in our, in our lives? Government, police, judges, teachers. Got some teachers here. How many of you like respect in the classroom, teachers? Do you get respect in the classroom? Really? I've heard of things, that there's fights coming, kids just walk out. I've heard these things. I'm horrified. When we were at school, we were pretty naughty, but not like that. We used to... Oh, in the cupboard, before the... <laughs> Sorry. Was it confess your faults to one another so that you can be healed? I'm still being healed by this. <laughs> I smoked in one classroom and the teacher would come in when we do RE and we just open on all the windows. He said, what's that smoke in here? I said, it's just the clouds outside, sir, you know. Just blag it. What about parents? You got any children here? Young people? Maybe they're next door. Look at this. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Look at this. Oh, we've got some young people here. They're not children. Well, are they still children if they're 18? Are you both 18 now? I'm so glad you're in here. That's great. So you're not, well, you are children, aren't you? Are they children? Yeah, yeah they are. Okay. <laughs> children. <laughs> you're hearing this, Sheba. Children. <laughs> and Steve, Steve and Heidi. I'll tell you what. If, if, if the children don't obey, come and have a chat with me and I'll have a chat with them. About that, I'll tell Pastor Richard. <laughs> I'd encourage them to be naughty. No, I wouldn't. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. Why? What does the next part of the verse say? Hey, which is the first commandment with a promise. Honor your father and mother. Do what they say. It doesn't mean to say you've got to be a doormat and just keep arguing. You know, you can argue back, but do it, but do it, in, oh, do it in, am I doing this right? No, don't argue. Just submit and say, yeah, I'll do that, mother, no problem. You should help round the house. Sorry, I'm picking on there. You should help round the house, Tim. You do. Oh, good man. That's great. Okay, look at this. Verse 3. So that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. Just think about it. If you keep disobeying, what's going to happen? Gee, gee, what about the government? What about the government? Should we submit to the governments? Hey, we do a lot of complaining about them, don't we? Or am I the only one? Come on, if we're really honest, when we hear things on the TV about the promises they make and they break their promises, but we should still pray for them. That's what the Bible tells us to do. We might not like it. 1 Timothy 2.1, Therefore I exhort, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. For kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Saviour. You know, God sees all things that we do, our attitudes towards people. I don't like bad attitudes, you know, especially when kids are you know, being horrible to their parents. It's just not right, is it? You shouldn't, shouldn't be doing that. You need to look up to your parents. 
are they right all the time? Are they doing a good job? Are they doing a hard job? How many think it's parents here? Hard bringing up kids, isn't it? In this day and age, I think, I think, praise God, I brought my kids up years ago. And I don't have to bring them up now. They, they face more things now than we ever faced as young people. They really, the pressures on them are phenomenal, aren't they? School can be cruel, can't it? Life can be cruel amongst young people. Shocking. It's really shocking. Some don't like the government, but we need to pray for them. Okay, what about, what about I've mentioned teachers, haven't I? Do, you get, do they bring an apple in each day? Do they do that now, these days? No, they don't. Probably bring fireworks and let them off in the playground. What about your boss? How many of you go to work and have got a boss? Okay, how many of us go in a little bit late, 10 minutes late, and leave 10 minutes early? Any of us have done that before? It's like stealing time, isn't it? And those pens. Oh, just think, I was just thinking about, you know, pens. I don't know why that came to my mind. You know, going around hotels, and there's four or five pens, and you think, oh, just take all those five. I mean, taking one is still stealing, isn't it? I mean, come on. Well, they expect that. It's advertising. <laughs> people take the towels. I know, I know some people that not only do they take the sh- all the shampoos in the shower, they tell their husband to go down to the desk and say, can I have some more, please? That is a true story. It was privately. I might give you the name and address. <laughs> but is that a true story? It is, it is funny. It is funny. But some people take everything, don't they? The bathrobes, the towels. I mean, come on. Ridiculous. Slip. Sorry? Are you, are you confessing here now? Is that what you do? She takes the light bulbs. I can't believe it. Yes. I'm going to have some words with some people afterwards. They need prayer, don't they? Whatever you do, whatever you, your task may be, work from the soul that is putting your very best effort as something done for the Lord and not for men. See working for someone as doing it for the Lord. And when your boss asks you to do something, go the extra mile. Isn't that good? Stay 10 minutes. Like, go, 10 minute, go in 10 minutes early. It's not eight, eight, I only, I'm only get paid from 8 o'clock. I'm only going in at 8. Go in 10 minutes early. Stay 10 minutes late. Go the extra mile. Tell your neighbor. Go the extra mile. I'll close with this. Is there a time when we can legitimately disobey authorities that are placed over us? Is there a time that we can do that? Is there? When can we do that? When they tell us to sin. Yeah. Anything else? Well, it goes against scripture. My boss once, the phone was ringing. I'm a young Christian. It's my boss. The phone was ringing. He walked past it in his office. He said, go take that call. If that is for me, tell him I'm not here. And I said, I'm sorry, I can't do that. As a young Christian, I stepped out and I said, I'm sorry, I just can't do that. I'm not gonna, I'll do anything you want me to do legally, but I'm not going to lie for you. They're the times not to. Let me give you just a couple of verses to show this. When Peter and John were arrested. Let's have a look here. But to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, so they warned Peter and John, the Sanhedrin, these guys, 
their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. So they called the apostles back in and commanded them never to speak again in the name of Jesus. What did Peter say? But Peter and John replied, Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and we have heard. So I think I'll close there. But let's just think about that for a moment. That the authorities that are put into our lives, they're placed there by God for a reason. I believe they're there for our protection. And we need to, if we have a problem with authorities, we need to just check our hearts and put them right. Is that right? Praise God. Let's just pray. Thank you, Father. Father God, we thank you for the authorities that you have placed in our lives. And they're put there for a reason, Father. And they are ordained by you. And Father, we should submit to them. Help us in the days and weeks to come to realize that to have authority, we should be submitted to authority. And Father, I thank you that we have an obedient bunch of people here. And I pray that they're going to submit to every authority that they maybe have a challenge or understand with. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, that it's gone forth this morning, that we understand a little bit more about why authority is placed in our lives and what authority is. And we give you praise for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's just keep our eyes closed for a moment. You know, maybe you're here this morning. And I love what Kyle said about church. You know, to be a Christian and not be part of a church is, you know, that that church is missing one part of the body. We're all parts of the body and we're all meant to be in church, to love Jesus, to serve him. And sometimes maybe there's somebody here that has been to church and they've been hurt by church. Well, church has offended them and they've left church. Like Kyle said, he got to that point where he's almost at the point where he wanted to give up his faith. And I know many people can feel like that sometimes because they're disappointed because the things they maybe asked for or prayed for and the things that they wanted to work out have not worked out the way they wanted them to and they feel disappointed by that. And maybe you've left a church or been offended by a church, but you're here today and you want to give God another chance. Well, you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Mark read that scripture, for God so loved the world. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would have eternal life. Friend, we are... We are promised eternal life if we breathe, was buried in Jesus. If he died for us, if we confess him as Lord. If we believe he died for us, was buried and was raised from the dead, we can be saved. What about you this morning? Have you given your life to Jesus? If you haven't and you'd like to, just raise your hand up and say, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus today. I want to follow him. Or maybe you're that second person that you've tried church and church has been bad for you, but you're here today. And you want to give God another chance. You know, friend, he wants to give you another chance. He'll give you more than one chance, two, three, four, five times. He'll keep forgiving you. If you have a repentant heart, want to come back. Friend, he wants you in his family again. And if that's you, just raise your hand up and say, that's me. I've just drifted a little bit from church and I'm not going to church like I used to. And I'm a little bit disillusioned by it. But I want prayer today. I want to come back. Is that you? Let's just pray. Thank you, Father. Let's believe that all of us in this room are right with God. Thank you, Father God. As we go from this place, I thank you that we can now enjoy real fellowship, connecting with one another, praying with one another, standing with one another, enjoying one another. And Father, I give thanks and praise for this morning 
our chance to worship you freely in a nation that allows us to do that. And as we go right now, I thank you that your angels encamp around about us, keep us safe and free from harm until we can meet again. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, when Carl got up and, and when Melena got up to share things that where they've been disappointed, maybe you're here today and you need prayer for something, anything. Please don't leave this place without being prayed for. There'll be a prayer team here at the front after the service. If you need prayer for anything, please come forward and someone will pray for you before you go. Bless you. Let's enjoy some fellowship.